0: QA Quest episode 220. What was it again? 23? 223.
1: 223.
0: I'm your host, Mike F.C.K. Wilson, with me as always.
1: Uh, Psychonaut intern, David McGurney, if
0: I want to ask you.
2: And too many new games on the plate, Michael Baker, Daiji the guitar.
1: Too legit! Too legit to quit!
2: So is this
0: suddenly early 90s music night?
1: Uh, it's always early 90s, music night, while I'm No, here.
0: it's Spider Night. Sorry. Spider-Man's all about the Spider-Mans. I'm
1: going to be talking about Psychonauts 2, that... and Brayden's Attorney, Chronicles and all sorts of other Spider-Man, things that aren't
0: technically. and some more Spider-Man. There's not even much
1: to discuss. There's not much in that trailer, you know.
0: Oh, there's a lot, even though there's not a lot. Oh,
1: God. From talk know, about...
2: I haven't actually
1: seen it yet. Oh, my God. Uh, wheels is dying. God. Oh, God. my God. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, my God. Hey, Pew. Oh, my God. Uh, it ends with Hello, Alfred Molina's uh, Doc Ock showing up. Spoilers. Uh, noted
1: Molina. Noted Alfred.
0: I mean, if some of the rumors of the other people reprising their previous spider mans roles are accurate, then we could be seeing a Sinister Six in some form in live action for the first time. Basically, there could be a lot in that movie, and, already and I'm here for it.
1: Noted Spider-Man 2 Hater, Wheels.
0: Yes, true.
2: Not much knowledge at all.
0: Listen, Alfred Molina was the best part of Spider-Man 2, and he is probably the actor. Okay, no,
2: there's no argument there. No argument He, he there. probably has
0: the least screen time in that movie. it? <laughs> Which sucks.
2: I think we can all agree that Doc Ock was the best part of that movie.
1: Yes. Doctor. Doctor Doctor.
0: Anyway, Spider-Man's could have three Spider-Mans on screen. Maybe they'll fit in some more Spider-Mans. Tie in with. Uh, just wants
1: as many spider
0: All well? the Spider-Mans.
2: See if they can beat Spider-Verse. Well,
0: they're I mean, not gonna do that. I mean, they're both Sony movies, so. I mean, they they're can't... not gonna. They're not gonna beat that.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. no. This is, there is I mean, little chance it'll be better than that movie. But I'm just looking for.
1: I, I mean, in terms fun. of raw Spider-Mans, they're not going to yes. do that. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, like, there's there's also just the issue of, like, Sony would likely not like to confuse the rights of who owns uh, any given bit of something that is a going concern for them. And, oh, yeah. you know, it took a lot to get them to even cooperate on like action Spider-Man, not going to cross the stream, so that's why you're also probably not going to see that <laughs>
2: Yeah. So, I mean, weren't they very specific it came out that it's not part of the MCU? Yep. Like that Sony kept trying to imply otherwise in, in, in Marvel's, I think,
1: You can all pretend that it takes place somewhere off. You can pretend, you know.
2: Yeah. Or the strange situation of uh, Spider-Man existing in two different continuities simultaneously.
1: That's never happened before. <laughs> yeah. Um...
0: Hold on, somebody raided the RPGamer channel. Oh no! Uh, thank you for the raid, Capsule J. Got notifications everywhere. Oh. Haas00312 followed my channel, which apparently is different from the Haas00312 that last followed my channel, but had a capital H and capital O and capital S's. You uh, have many Haases following you. Seems kind of body. Well. Odd name to have multiple. Uh, okay. But hello, Capsule J and Capsule J's viewers. Welcome. Uh, this is like a live podcast recording. And... Um, uh, it's great to have you. Enjoy. And I apologize if you're not interested in the Spider Man talk, but I'm no, you don't. No, I am obsessed with Spider Man's. No, it's true. I don't apologize. In fact, I'm redownloading uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 to stream after and finishes downloading.
1: You are just bro- broken in the brain.
0: Well, you can do a whole Spider Party.
1: Yeah, and you're still broken in the brain. That's true. It's saying in the brain. Well,
0: Capsule J played this yeah, game recently. Membrane. It's good to hear. It I've heard good things membrane. about... about uh, uh, For those listening to the podcast, I'm playing Nina Aquila Legal Eagle. Wow. I probably destroyed the pronunciation of that, but whatever.
2: Aquila, right. but yeah. Keep... Aquila. Aquila. But you either go with these... you've. Heard... Either go pretty close to the Spanish pronunciation, or you just go full on American.
0: I'm just gonna in, call it legal in, eagle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> in any case, uh, so what are we gonna buy? Uh, I
0: can, can go, go first, for... but oh, okay, go
2: or first. that guy should go first. Okay. Well, for just casual stuff, I've been going back through um, the Princess Guide a few more times since any given chapter, and that takes maybe 30 minutes to finish if you skip all the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I've gotten three out of 12 different endings now, mm-hmm. since each of the princesses has a good, bad and neutral ending. So I'm, I'm assuming the first one I got was a bad ending. I'm not quite sure what the second one was. The third one was definitely a good ending. The, the, the second ending I got involved a witch deciding that her plans for world domination were a go and that she would share half the planet with me afterwards.
1: Oh, I love the Dragon Lord.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm a, I mean, normally I would assume that's the bad ending, but with this character it's hard to tell.
1: Could, that's a good ending, depending on your perspective.
2: And otherwise, I managed to get my own copy of uh, Nina Akila, Illegal Eagle, the same way Wheels did. Nice. And I actually finished the first chapter.
0: Nice.
1: Greater, more powerful wheels.
2: Yeah. Um, Kind of impressive what they were able to do with the um, RPG Maker engine
0: on that thing. Oh, is that what this is? (laughs) It's obviously
1: RPG Maker if you played any RPG Maker
2: games. The character sprites, I mean, those are like, the standard rpg maker yeah it's it's quite identifiable at first glance
1: yeah, yeah. it not a knock it's just yeah
2: that and their credits actually credit the um, or give some thanks to the uh rpg maker subreddit for assistance <laughs> in doing various things Yeah. So how are you, which control system are you using on it, Wheels? Controller. Controller, I just used the mouse. It worked pretty fine. Other than that, um, also about an hour before, yeah, about an hour before we started, um, I downloaded Metal Dogs on Early Access. Nice. Yeah, that's the Metal Max roguelike spinoff featuring just the dogs than I could, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm already planning up what my impression is going to be like on this, and the startup is it's like, yeah, um, it was smart of them to take the one good item to come out of Xeno Reborn and just build an entire game around it. <laughs> Who's a good boy? Who's a kick-ass little good boy? Yes, you are. Uh, yeah. So, um, aside from the fact that I can't get it to work with my... Uh, with my plug-in controller, it's doing pretty well. I Just have to figure out what all the keyboard controls are. And that took some a little bit of trial and error at first. Um, but yeah, Pro-box. I found yeah, I found the first big boss. Um the game tells me at least 3 times beforehand that I don't have to fight it, I can just go around. It's a very good advice I wish I had followed it. <laughs> I mean, I, I did manage to damage it. Um, it's a, it's basically a giant dandelion. Mm. And if you've played the series, you know that giant dandelion. Nothing. Are. Nothing good comes t- of t- giant dandelions.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I'd been blowing up the little ones right and left, but this thing is a good twenty feet tall.
1: Okay, yeah, that, and, that seems like kind of you over.
2: Yep, and it sprouts miniature bombolions um, all around it, which you also have to take, get rid of.
1: Yeah, and, no, not a fan. Uh,
2: and its attack pattern is similar to some bullet hells.
1: You know, for fun. Yep. For the kids.
2: I'm surprised I lasted as long as I did against it. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I will try that that uh, mission again later and not attack the Bomba Lion King.
1: Um, eh, lesson yeah. learned, maybe.
2: Lesson learned. Hold it. So far, it's um, it has actually been more fun than Xeno Reborn.
1: Well, that's damning with fake praise. Hmm.
2: Hey, I ended my impression of Xeno Reborn with the like at some point in there I actually said that a remake should not make you more nostalgic for the original game.
1: Not typically, no.
2: No. And yet it did.
1: Um, yet here we T-O-L-L- go. And the original was wasn't so that great to begin with. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, um... But there's already been one reference to the dog looking for its master and heading west oh which is almost certainly a reference to the next xeno game yeah, yeah. So, so this should be fun we shall see mm. how it goes oh. uh, and new will returned so that was kind of surprising mm. so uh, and the, the ears have not been kind to Dr. Minch, but it's definitely him. He's, it's, or he's got the same uh, catchphrase. Mm. I wish they had translated better for English, but it's okay.
1: At least it's in English. <laughs> in Japanese? Yes. <laughs> what have you been
0: playing? Uh, Shadow for a Showdown.
1: Okay, Gaijin, go back to what you were playing. Uh, no! <laughs> <laughs> How dare you! Well,
2: I already ca- covered, um, or covered those three. I mean, what else is there? A super jigsaw puzzle? Um, I
1: really I really just wanted to hurt with you, so I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, well then, And us see, in other news, we've also been playing, technically I've been playing Kindle Direct Publishing. Uh-huh.
1: Oh, that's always the most fun game, except it's the worst gacha Paul imaginable. Yeah, oh
2: no, I mean, I'm... I'm not pulling. I'm pushing. <laughs> so I actually made some sales this past month. It's nice, and had my first Kindle Unlimited page reading in six months. It's
1: oh yeah, stupid. yeah. I saw you tweeting about that.
2: Yeah. It's like I don't know who this was, but there's it's somewhere in the United States and somewhere with an odd time zone, considering the times involved. And over the course of 48 hours, they read 1,000 pages. I'm like, cool.
1: That's impressive. Yeah.
2: So, wish I knew who it was oh. so I could tell them that hey, there's uh, two more um, side quests and a very long fourth volume available.
1: Think of what you could have.
2: Another 800 pages. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, I guess we'll let we all talk about Shadowverse.
0: Yay! I mean, I don't have that, much, that too much to say. Uh, that I didn't say last time we recorded. It's a very good, like, um, I guess, anime RPG with, obviously, lots and lots of Shadowverse being played. Um, and so The only far, way to resolve conflicts. Yes, and so far it's been a lot of fun. Um, uh, they've implemented the card game into the RPG very well uh, there's lots of people you can just wander around to challenge to matches and, um, and the story is pretty typical but it's it's fun, the voice acting is good it's, um, I was not expecting it to be this good so um,
2: it basically improved after the hand holding of the tutorial
0: yes Yes, and and actually, there really wasn't much tutorial after that. Um, kind of just free to mess around, make your own decks. Once you get more cards and jump into online play, which I've done a bit and uh, probably wrecked some poor kid. Uh, oh, <laughs> have a have a good night, Capsule J. Thank you for the ra- again for the raid. Um. I mean, yeah, the online. I mean, the online is kind of a bit weird because it's just like, okay, this now we're just kind of playing, uh, regular old Shadowverse, just with whatever <laughs> you. you've collected in the game. Um, <laughs> but but like, I mean, that could be nice for beginners. Opens up, especially,
1: games, it opens up the playing field for like younger players. It, as well. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, um, it's it's definitely like a great intro to Shadowverse. For anyone that's interested in the game in general or, or just wants to play a rpg that involves a card game uh it's, it's really good uh have still been poking around with uh monster hunter stories I, I mean i can't i don't really have anything other other than to say that, again that it's very good and i highly recommend it and yeah that's about all I've been playing. That's not shooters. Just
1: just Shadowverse.
0: Yes. Just some Shadowverse. Um Uh obviously, like I said, there are a number of RPGs I wanna finish in time for RPG of the Years and RPG of the Year awards. And there's another one in like two weeks that's gonna be on that list too. Being uh, Tales of Arise. Yeah, I was going to say, Is that Arise? Yeah, so. Gonna try to start to focus on, like, one RPG at a time and start going through things, so. Nice to It's going to happen. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to be playing more World Dance with You Neo soon, more Monster Hunter, more. Uh other stuff forgetting what else I need to finish did East East 9 came out on both platforms this year right
1: yes Uh, it was definitely new on
0: Switch I can't remember if it was
1: on PS4 late last year or early this year yeah, I
0: think it was early this year so that's probably going to be on the last two so I got a lot of work ahead of me so
1: yeah plus you have to play that great Ace Tourney
0: or I'll kill you I do <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ <laughs> Yes, I'm probably going to reserve uh, a lot of that for playing that while streaming because I think it's I, I like playing it that way. Okay. People can make fun of my poor decisions. <laughs> <You can> point <laughs> out like Detective that didn't reasoning. even make sense in your head. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's all for me. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's it for you.
0: Yeah, that's it for me.
1: Meanwhile, I've been playing Greatest Attorney Chronicles. I'm on, like, kind of... The, the last the last case is complicated, but I'm basically right at the end there. Uh, it's real good. Uh, like, love it. Love it to death. Uh, as for... Uh, As for what else I've been up to, um, uh, as for what else I've been up to, uh, I am currently distracted by playing uh, Psychonauts Two because that game is a game I've been waiting for for about sixteen years at this point, and I won't be stopped. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's so far. That's real good. Uh, I'm pretending it's relevant because it has leveling up and uh, skill tree, so legally it can theoretically be be an RPG, even though I probably wouldn't argue that. Um, But it's it's real good. Uh, It's interesting to play a game after that long that honestly feels like it is both every bit the improvement that you would hope, but also feels like it could have been made directly after the first one. That's a tough type we're hope to walk. Hmm. So, yeah. Uh, it's on Game Pass, so play it. So, uh, don't leave me high and dry.
0: Which should oh, I play again?
1: <laughs> uh... What? What am I? Which, what's on Game
0: Pass that I should play? I'm sorry, I was reading the text in this
1: game. Psychonauts two. Oh yes,
0: I already downloaded that.
1: <laughs> yeah, you better have, or I'll fight you.
0: Bring it on. Do we have any questions?
1: We do. Uh, on episode two twenty two. Yeah.
2: Shaman. Yep. Shaman here. Good function. Okay, so Shaman asks, if somehow the industry got together to produce a rock band, the RPG, what songs would be in the base game? They would need to support drums to instruments that can be faked with guitars and have vocals. So Also, it would be limited to one song per game. I was going to say, how about one song per quest? That's what song, really you say? What's yeah. on? Bonus quit. Yeah.
1: What's on? Okay, yeah.
2: What he- song?
1: Did he- did he- That's not a rock band. On? On, that did show up in Guitar Hero and Rock Band. It seems like a reasonable fit. Uh, uh, let's see. Um. Uh I've heard like class picking the bass kicking. Trying to think of like how you would structure such a thing, because that would determine the song.
2: Mm-hmm. So I mean it'd be more like a like a corridor based beat rhythm battle game.
1: Uh the the roguelike, wait, we already have one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I mean,
2: it's bit. It's the concept is that they will be playing the songs, not just.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, do not just step to the beat.
2: So I mean, I'm guessing it'd be similar to like the Takemotazugi in RPGs. So, the fact that those exist is hilarious. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, hmm. um
2: but yeah, the, But yeah, I mean, I'd say just um, you, you'd pretty much have to set it up with no exploration or anything. It's just like a straight corridor walk down and you're playing the music as a partial beat rhythm game to destroy stuff.
1: Yeah, this is just generally like, hard for me to even like, envision. Mm-hmm. Uh, in conclusion, when your uh, hometown burns down, it should play smoke on the water. <laughs> smoke on the water, fires
2: Yeah, but okay. But the second half here is bonus question: What song is the ultra hard end game song? Hold it. Uh. Hmm. Or, how about just like a special boss song? So, like, um, super, super hard optional um, marathon endurance boss. Inagata De Vita.
1: Oh Eight minutes long, damn it.
2: And not, not the standard version either, no, the version with the 16 minute drum solo.
1: Addiction! Of course. Of course.
2: American Pie. Uh,
1: that's Maybe. when you get a game over. That's how you fight your way out.
2: Yeah. Or uh, Bohemian Rhapsody for a challenge battle. God. Does that mean you know, technically it's like five different songs st- strung together?
1: It's got three movements. It's fine.
2: Yeah three completely different movements.
1: Let's... Go on the... Sorry, I have not got that in my head, so that on sucks. The um,
2: side, there's not many people who have never heard that song, so...
1: Let's <laughs> uh... In any case um, I feel
0: like the boss theme from Blue Dragon should be in any sort of rock band RPG.
1: Oh God I, I suppose
2: Okay well there's a different question than um, actual rock songs from
1: RPGs yeah that would be that would be an interesting one uh, <laughs> Otherworld from FF10.
2: I was going to say no. Just uh, start with the, uh, with the Black Mages albums. Another <laughs> uh, world big, from FF Town. Um, Dancing <laughs> Mad. Yeah, yeah Dancing was Mad, sh- One Winged Angel, one version of it at least. Um, one I'm, of I, I the figured- things with shitty
1: vocals, but okay.
2: <laughs> I mean, you don't need this. Uh, yeah, you don't necessarily need the vocals. You just need some. I need the. Play you spot.
1: don't. I do. <laughs>
2: I mean, there aren't that many good RPG songs with vocals.
1: Oh, I didn't... I was not looking for good. Can't believe that you would spurn Eyes on Me and... Uh, Eyes, I mean, the Japanese see, version of Eyes one.
2: on Me was actually a bit... It was like a top... chart-topper in Japan.
1: Uh. Yeah. The English version was... did not speak to me. Uh, I'm just remembering, like... because. Eventually, Final Fantasy was like, oh, all of our games need a vocal theme. Uh, Just put all of those in there, uh, which means that also Stand By Me is part of this now as well. Mm -hmm. Important. Uh, Let's see. Uh... Sorry, I'm just—I'm just I'm still just distracted by this ridiculous concept that is cooking in my brain of just all the ridiculous vocal themes. Mm-hmm. That means all three Kingdom Hearts themes as well.
2: Yeah, let's go uh, across company, get in all the music from Persona.
1: Oh man, dance while I put you in a trance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The. Yeah, I mean we are talking about it.
2: I mean, the persona band already put most of it to rock style anyway and jazz and a few other things yeah yeah get falcom's band in on it
1: yeah i was gonna say throw in some falcom gdk
2: um the entire atelier dusk series for um oh yeah are those are the really artists
1: nice. yeah. the tokyo mirage sessions uh soundtrack for the idol music fans.
2: Yeah, let's see, somebody called Daisuke Minamizawa for some of his stuff. He's got some good stuff too.
1: Mm.
2: Of course, I think I'm Where the only person in the West and from the Western Hemisphere who's ever played the one game he wrote a soundtrack for. But... Which one was that? Uh, Nightmare Project Yakata.
1: Oh, of course, That's of really course. Why would I expect yeah. it? From...
2: Yeah, I mean, last July I was doing a, um, like one um jrpg song a day on twitter and mentioned one of his and he actually responded
1: (laughs) Hmm. yeah that's cool cool." spooky but cool
2: i mean i I did at him because he has i knew he had a twitter account oh fair enough fair enough then. Uh, not like the time a couple years ago where i um put a link up for um i think my review of exceed Super Robot Wars, endless, endless frontier actually. And one of the yeah. guys who did art for the game was like, "Thanks." I'm like, "Okay, how did you see this in the first place?" And
1: I- <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why are you here?
2: I was like, "Oh, cool. Yeah,
1: hi." Hmm. Pleased to meet you. <laughs>
2: are you just do you just have it set up to? automatically inform you if somebody mentions your game.
1: Unless Frontier exceeds. Sometimes it's important.
0: Yeah, mm.
1: yeah. um... Let's see... Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that's the best approach that we could give for an ultra hard endgame song, aside from Inagata Devita. Uh,
2: In the Garden of Eden by Iron Butterfly.
1: That was actually initially what they were calling it before deciding that they liked Inagata Devita, but I.
2: No, I'm, I'm mm. referencing a set. Uh, no, I
1: know that. what you're saying, but I'm also saying that was actually what they were originally going to call it. It
2: uh, uh, sounds do, like rock and, and or roll. The what? You can always add Louis uh,
1: uh, yeah. Yeah, think yeah, about how?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> all think about how the <laughs> FBI fucking investigated that to see whether there was like, whether it was obscene and determined, there was no way to determine what anyone was saying in it. <laughs> Specifically the Kingsman recording. Yeah. yeah, just imagine, like, wasting that much time and money and then also having to be the band who has to, like, hear, oh yeah, this is completely incomprehensible to our finest, uh, the finest investigative minds.
2: But we're also talking about the time where they actually spent money investigating the benadine article, <laughs>
1: you
2: know, the article that was specifically published as an April Fool's joke. Of course, and, was, and admitted itself to be an April Fool's joke, and yet the Drug Enforcement Administration or administration actually believed it was real
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. for a while. It took them a year and a half to actually uh, receive the recording of the song that they had, like, the master recording of the song that they had requested. After 31 months of investigation, concluded (laughs) that it could not be interpreted, that it was unintelligible at any speed, and therefore that the Bureau (laughs) could not find, find that the recording was obscene. Just the idea of, like, we have listened to this so many times, so many times, we have listened to it at every possible speed. We cannot determine what any of the lyrics are. Uh, they to... also, uh, one of the members of the band claimed they had sung the lyrics exactly as written. <laughs> Well, that's frightening. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I can only assume that the way you expressed it was...
0: <laughs> Did that band ever had any other songs that were intelligible? I don't think that
1: any of their other songs were hits in any sense.
0: I mean, we um, mainly remember this one because of the,
2: the hoopla over nobody being able to understand what it was saying. Yeah. It may sung so badly that we remember it.
1: Apparently, some of their other singles started. It's just no one remembers any of them. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we absolutely need to stop that. Uh, (laughs) This is just going to be the rest of the podcast. No, let's just
0: talk like that band for the rest of the podcast. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well.
1: It (laughs) it it seems like a lot of their singles were also, like, this was a more common thing in 60s bands, but a lot of their singles were covers. That was just more common at the time, where you would just be like, oh yeah, this is the, like, you're not going to write a whole album of your own songs, that would be Murder and Frankly, it's much easier to take songs people already like and do your interpretation of them. True. So, like, some of these are, like, old standards, some of these are Beatles covers. Uh, But, yeah. Uh, But it's not even, like, a Beatles cover of a song that you immediately think of. They covered If I Needed Someone, which is a good track, but, I mean, it's not, like, the first thing anyone's thinking of. If I needed someone to love. you're the one that'd be sorry. Um but yeah. Uh okay, yeah, this is this is definitely an to game. Uh but yeah, um Okay. Uh, Do we have any other questions we want to hit before we move into Mm. the traditional uh, fire miner portion of the podcast?
2: Oh, looks like we haven't had any comments on the Discord since the end of July.
0: No. Uh,
1: We're clearly either doing very well or very poorly. Yes. Uh, So let's go digging into the questions.
2: I was gonna say a question for you, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Are there any older games that you just randomly feel an urge to try, even though you never touched them before?
1: Oh, constantly. That's what causes a lot of the weird wild hairs I go on. Yeah. Uh, let's see if anything's coming up. Uh, currently, uh, I was actually talking to some friends about Bahamut Lagoon yesterday, and I was like, "Do I want to move that up the queue?"
2: <laughs> that was a pretty good game I remember that one yeah people seem
1: to like it and there's also yeah. a question that's still outstanding that we need to eventually ask, answer about it that I was trying to have finished the game before I could answer it so yeah. perhaps not there yeah
2: for, for some reason for some reason I've been feeling I should try Metroid Fusion I have no idea why
1: yeah, so. probably because Dread's coming out soon
2: <laughs> uh, I guess that may I mean I subconsciously I at, we're, at we're, least I I remember watching, a, like, a video about it before Dread was announced, and I think Dread just dredged it back up. that no, it,
1: yeah.
2: it was like, yeah, I'm not willing to pay that much.
1: Yeah, it's expensive now.
2: And yeah, the, the cheapest on Amazon uh, that I found was $25 for the bear cartridge.
1: And the fun thing is, of course, that GBA games were often in bootleg, so you wouldn't even be guaranteed that that was a yeah. working cartridge.
2: Yeah, the, um the seller just i mean he's got some good um votes but it's like he it seems a little sketchy to me to begin with a genuine
1: then, nintendo
2: yeah and um like yeah and with the um, i mean the standard amazon shipping rates which are inflated and uh, highly inflated and the um, import cost it has a six and a half dollar import surcharge I'd be paying like fifty dollars for this game
1: yeah a game that came out at thirty dollars 20 years ago uh, yeah.
2: and the thing is if I really really wanted to pay that much I could go down the street to my local video game store I located it in box or uh 75 dollars at the Japanese at that store. point you
1: might as well yeah <laughs> but yeah.
2: There's like if I'm gonna spend that much money on a game, that's a just slightly. You might less as well get a lot. nice copy. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean inbox, nice copy, that's good. But I mean that in inbox copy of Metroid Fusion costs only slightly less than Shin Megami Tensei 4 will cost in November, and I'm saving up for that instead.
1: So if I need it. If
2: either of you guys come across a copy,
1: I'll give that think- yeah, as long as it's... Where I'm still living at my parents' place, I'd offer to just, like, send you my copy, but... It is far away.
0: What game are we talking about again?
1: Metroid Fusion.
0: Metroid Fusion. Ah, yes.
1: You you go to the retro shop, occasionally. You should probably yes, keep an eye out. I will keep an eye out. <laughs> yeah.
2: but I mean, I think part of is just the number of Metroidvanias I've played in the last two years. Of all. More also, than I mm-hmm. would have expected just sort of sort
1: adding up yeah I mean they're usually low time commitments I feel like a long Metroidvania is like 8 hours (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. uh wheels have you had any uh random hopes of like I feel like playing an old game that you haven't played before um
0: A good one, because there have been a few. Uh is one, although I've never actually gotten around to it.
1: Oh, uh, I did Lufia 2 a few years back. Yeah.
0: I've uh, done Lufia 1 and
2: 2, and I think I started the Game Boy Color one, and then I was like, no. A big one...
1: Ruins of Lore? Be...
2: Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Good one would be okay. uh, Su- Suikoden 1 and 2 you know those? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I have played those. What the hell am i thinking. Yeah. Uh, I haven't played those for some Oh, you should play those. This Weekend in 3 I have not gotten to. It's a good one.
1: That's understandable. That's that game's super long. Uh The
0: uh. What else um most of uh, the GBA Castlevanias
1: You never played those?
0: Just dabbled never actually dug into them.
1: Get out! I have them now. <laughs> uh, that's about it. Let's see. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I do this every year or so. Yeah. Like that's the reason I like the Battle Network games that I was playing until I was distracted by Great Ace Attorney. I'll get back to those. I promise. Yeah. Oh, uh, um... Like those I've never played. I was just going to say,
0: uh, Pokemon Gold, like the original version of it, because I didn't play it back in the day, I I want to at some point just play the original versions of that. Just,
1: just I'm deeply so. nostalgic for them. They're hard to go back to.
0: I was going to say that there's an
2: unfortunate issue with playing the original Pokemon Gold or Silver now.
1: Let's talk about cartridge batteries.
2: Let's talk about the irony that the clock on the cartridge ran out the clock on the cartridge.
1: Yeah, those things would die within a couple of years. It was horrible.
2: They are all dead now. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's a replaceable part, but it's a pain in the ass. <laughs>
2: yeah, especially when you've got a 3DS edition of the same game.
1: Yeah, that's a much easier way to play those. <laughs>
2: that you can actually share stuff with. Because I mean, it doesn't. I mean, even if the even if the gold and silver cartridge was still live, anything that was on it would couldn't be shared with any other later games.
1: Yeah, they they made a clean break with Gen 3. Like everything after Gen 3 is compatible. But yeah, uh, was it
2: a, like just a hardware compatibility issue? I mean,
1: Imagine it was partly that. that, but also they used the chance to completely like rejigger how a lot of the internal like data structure of the Pokemon works. Uh, definitely a good thing to hear. Yeah, they made a, like, because, of course, Pokemon Gen 1's a mess, Gen 2 had to be compatible with Gen 1, so it's a mess by consequence. Uh, Gen 3, uh, they finally cleaned a lot of that up. They also decoupled some things that probably shouldn't have been coupled. For example, uh, Gen 2 determines Pokemon, uh, gender by virtue of whether it has an above-average or below-average attack stat. Which is... Huh. That's a shame. Uh, there's some other stuff uh, that probably would uh, upset people nowadays. The, uh, but in like a more like just slightly silly that it was this way to begin with. Like uh, the way that shinies were determined in Gen Two made it so that it was impossible for them to have anything but the most mediocre stats imaginable.
2: Yeah, I remember uh, really hearing about that.
1: Yeah, there's, there's all sorts of just weirdness to do with that. Ah, um, uh, we all screwed up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, like, they... I still think... I've, I've ranted about this before, but my favorite thing is that, like... By Gen 2, they were using how messed up the internal structure of Pokémon was to uh, create compatibilities that shouldn't have been possible. Like uh, how uh, Gen 2 interprets the Pokemon's catch rate not matching its uh, Pokedex catch rate to determine that, oh, that means that someone traded a Pokemon holding an item back to Gen 1 and it's now being traded back to Gen 2 so it can still have the item it had. Because the catch rate was stored within the Pokemon. But... It was never actually called on after the Pokémon was caught. So, traded Pokémon, their catch rate doesn't mean anything. So, you could... uh, ...do some deeply silly things there, Uh, and they chose to use that to... ...make it so that the Pokémon's catch rate would would be the way that Gen 2 determined what item it was holding. Very silly. But yeah. Uh uh Oh yeah. Uh so do we wanna hit some fire miners questions?
0: Sure. Sure.
1: Okay. Uh, with AA and AAA games getting more demanding with time, do you think cloud gaming will become a trend for Switch ports? It's... not... ideal. Like, the issue and the reason that I don't think it's ever going to become a trend is just that... it's expensive to keep servers up. It's a complicated solution with a limited uh, audience appeal because it suddenly means that the Switch is no longer portable. Uh, it's, it's just one of those things, like, it works better than you would think, but it's still not, like, an ideal idea. I don't think you will see it in anything other than with uh, games where companies just want to be able to say, see, it's coming to Switch too." How? Well, buddy, let me tell you about the cloud. So, like, uh, Square's Guardians of the Galaxy game is doing that, and I think that's the only one that's been announced this year.
2: I mean, doesn't cloud gaming still have the issue of you actually need a certain reliability of internet access to use it? Yes.
1: Oh, absolutely that. Uh, But there's other things, like the game definitely needs to have some optimizations done to it to make sure that it's like not going to be completely wrecked by inconsistent latency, which is also a big problem. Uh, It's it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, yeah, it, it's one of those things you're not going to see that often, I don't think, uh, because again, it just sort of it mucks with the core appeal of a switch any switch game. Anyway, I think you're more likely to see companies like sort of holding on to their like PS4 games and such, and just sort of like. Keeping, in their ba- keeping them in their back pocket for whenever the Switch gets upgraded. So it's like, well, now we've got all this library of games we can sell again to an audience that didn't get them the first time. Yep. Like, if you asked me if I thought that Square would be gearing up ports of, like, uh, Final Fantasy XV when the Switch 2 comes out or Capcom would pull out RE7 again... I'd say, oh, absolutely. That's That will definitely be a thing that both companies will be doing the second they get the chance. Because it's just like, this is a, like, this kind of thing represents like a great opportunity for companies that make tri- AAA games to double dip on a game that was expensive to make in the first place and help fund the new game that they're making on the new console that's even more expensive. So, uh, uh, It's part of the reason that I don't think you'll see a lot of this. Like this, those cloud games do, uh, on some level, help defray their own costs because they are subscription based. You do not own them. You do not keep them. You are given, like, a pass to play them for, like, a few months, maybe a year. I can't remember what the exact terms are for these. But uh, I think the only companies that you will see really taking consistent advantage of this are companies that would not have the capacity or, like, the manpower to go back and make bespoke ports to a hypothetical Switch 2, which is why you've seen companies like IO Interactive and Remedy Entertainment uh, using them for Hitman 3 and Control, uh, because those are games that they would like to sell to more people. They... uh, will likely not have the... they're they're small enough companies that they will not have the manpower to port them themselves to a future platform. This might also be why you're seeing Swear do it with Guardians of the Galaxy, a game that they may lose the license to at some point and not be able to re-release. So... I think that uh, it's going to be... you will see it more from Companies that are in that, like, that double-A, uh, verging on triple-A tier, but I don't think it will ever be a common thing. Also, companies that are already optimizing their games for cloud streaming. Uh, anyone who has sat around and had to make a Stadia port of something is like, well, we might as well put this on something that it might sit on. <laughs> uh,
0: let's
1: see... uh 25 usually how long does it take before people forget about most early console releases about a year uh but uh maybe a little longer depending upon when does the game when does the consoles first like actually like interesting games start coming (laughs) like my bellwether for this is the ps2 like, no one remembers anything that came out essentially in the first 18 months of that thing's come, release. Uh, yeah. Unless it's to just clown on how garbage it was. Uh, like, once yeah. games like Devil May Cry, Metal Gear Solid 2, Grand Theft Auto 3, Final Fantasy Ten, once all those start coming out, it's like, everything in that first year and a half might as well not have happened.
2: I mean, I'm usually a pretty late adopter for any major consoles anyway, so I I mean, early, mid, late period, I have no idea which games came when.
1: Yeah. I'm a horrible encyclopedia. Wheels, he would know this as well, right?
2: <laughs> what? Uh, he, he's a horrible encyclopedia?
1: Well, not just that, but also, uh, how long do you think it takes for people to start forgetting about the early releases of a console uh, into a console's lifespan?
0: Oh... Probably pretty quickly, unless your early release is named Breath of the Wild
1: or Mario sixty four. Yeah, unless or it's, Smash Brothers. Melee. Yeah,
0: unless it's just like a mind blowing title. I think uh,
1: they fade. From Very few systems quick. launch with a system seller. Yeah, it's like people will forget your early titles, except for if you launch with a system seller, like. Everyone's going to remember Breath of the Wild. Uh, someone's going to be like, oh yeah, that did happen when I bring up 1-2-Switch.
0: Yeah. Uh, like, uh, I'm sure... I'm sure... Um, some people remember the launch line of the 3DS, maybe because of Street Fighter. There's a good port there, but I Street think... Street Fighter 3D Edition. Sure, most uh,
1: don't. Steel Diver, uh, Ghost Recon, Shadow Wars, I think that's what it was called. That's a bad launch lineup. That's a real bad launch lineup. Uh, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, uh, Pondo. Uh, but yeah. Uh, like, the, the early titles on a system tend to be before most people have one, so the only titles that get remembered are the ones that immediately made people want one, which is why... You remember what Halo is, but not Cell Damage, New Legends, Aceric Chains of Parathia. Uh... Should I keep listing Xbox games? You've never heard of No. I can do it. I can do this all day. (laughs) Um... There's there's one... Oh, Fusion Frenzy? You don't remember that either. Uh... And it's for the best. All the things I listed are garbage. Uh,
2: it's like I have played a few of the games that were within the first six months of the PlayStation Original.
1: Ah, oh, baby, you love Cosmic Race, every... don't you? Huh? <laughs> no, you love like... Cosmic Race. Don't think I like this game anymore.
2: No. Uh, what happened? Don't know that one. I-, I played Wings of Alnum.
0: Oh
1: God.
2: Yeah. God. That, that was a really low-rated game, but it was also like the first RPG released on the PlayStation. Original.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. That would have been contemporary with like Arthalad 1.
2: Yep. Um, the It was a sequel to a PSX... Not PSX. um MSX game. Oh, wow. Uh, which also got a re-release for PlayStation. I, I tried that one. It was even less playable.
1: It was um, an MSX game.
2: It was like... Yeah, uh, was it? Wings of Alnum is, it it's imagine all of the the worst issues you might possibly have with an RPG maker title.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Add in a really clunky attempt at th- early three D um, environments, which were just mm-hmm. basically um, like diorama type setups, where it was very obvious all the buildings I were a seen... flat square, mm-hmm. um, just set up like a like a um, cut of diorama. Mm-hmm. Um, none of the doors functioned right. You had to walk up to the door square, which was, like, physically there, and then yeah. press A. Um, oh, good. There, there was a day-night cycle, except the nighttime was set so dark that you could not actually see anything, literally.
1: Oh, good. Um,
2: <laughs> see, the quote-unquote cutscenes were actually, um, like, SVGA-grade... Um, splash art with like a two frame animation on somebody's lips
1: oh yeah that's that is absolutely the kind of developer that was working in japanese pc games for a long time at that point
2: yep and the voice acting was so improperly balanced that the that it could not actually be heard above the uh, background music hmm Especially whenever the men were talking, because they had this really stereotypically anime faux bass voice. Mm. Um, like, going heavy on the vocal fry for guys. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, like, imagine if every American voice actor was speaking in um, movie announcer tones.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah.
2: Objection.
0: I think we all
1: might be bad at this game.
0: I think I'm done with this game. I don't know what. I, I don't. I don't well, like what, this at all. Say, so are you on the cross examination? Yes. Yeah. Which
2: character? The truck,
0: the Tyrannosaurus guy.
2: That guy. Um. As soon as you get down to the part of the questions where he's talking about his um, like history with the two ladies, um. Let's see, then you need to show the photo of him talking to the um, the defendant and the other girl in the background watching them.
0: I thought I already
2: did that. Um, it was like, um, I think when he says they're just friends or something like that.
1: Yeah, Meryl and I have been just friends since grade school. Oh,
2: there we go. Yeah, show him the photo that time. It has to be the second one, not the one where she's using the... Not not the one where she's tending the bonfire.
1: But yeah, now I'm just thinking about really garbage early PS1 games. Uh, I do want to bring up Cosmic Race just briefly, because one, it was the only game ever produced by the company Neorex. It was a January of 1995 PS1 game, so like a month after the console's launch. And... Uh, by all accounts, every single texture in the game was sourced directly from the PlayStation SDK. Nothing was custom-made here. Uh, it's it's fascinatingly uh, inept. Uh, this was a game from about a year or so into the PS1's lifetime, but it's so ridiculous that I need to rant about it for a second, which is... Uh, a game made by the company you've never heard of, ActiArt Art Corporation. Uh, mm-hmm. A game called Not Treasure Hunter, which was a game that had like twenty endings, but each of the but every game was only like five to ten minutes long, and all of the endings are insane. Like, just they okay. Excuse me, I vastly underestimated the number of endings. There were fifty-seven endings. Uh, the game is, like, five minutes long, any given time. Uh, endings can do anything from just knock off the entirety of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 1 somehow. Or, uh, you get stabbed in the back by a ghost pirate because you wandered into a pirate ship. Uh, it's a very strange, very, like, low-quality game. Uh, and also they spend, uh, a relative, like... They got a couple of people who haven't done a ton of video game voice work, which is very funny to me. Uh, Most notably, the protagonist is voiced by Chara's novel's voice. (laughs) But, yeah, it's it's weird. It's a really weird, bad game, but incredibly funny uh, to just screw around with. Recommended. Uh, not not to spend a lot of money on but recommended to experience uh, yeah so that so that's uh, that's some music for the time being uh, let's see what where the, the first game oh crime crackers oh yeah that was made by the that was the first game by the wild arms staff.
2: Yeah. yeah media vision it was December 3rd 94 that was like literally that was 100. a launch game. One of the launch games, Kingsfield, came two weeks later.
1: Yep, and that's also a very strange early game. Uh, let's
2: see, well, oh, my, oh, there's Cosmic. There's actually Race a Crimes
1: Crackers too, as well.
2: Yeah, there was. Uh, oh, there's Cosmic Race which came out a month, a month and a half later. Yeah. Um, Kiliak the Blood. Okay.
1: Oh, Kiliak um, the Blood. K- <laughs>
2: Yeah I'm I'm just trying to go through things I know I've seen in the stores before and which ones were actually uh RPGs um Falcata. June 23rd 95 oh man Falcata is was one of Gust's first games Yeah and it's um Yeah a couple That's the reason ago, it's
1: not the famous one
2: Oh, it was, um, yeah. They just they did all sorts of different styles and types and things before they hit money with or hit pay dirt with Atelier Marie. Um, and this one, I'm not quite sure how it's supposed to be played. It, it it comes across as a sort of a, I mean, I want to make like a comparison to Settlers of Catan, even because it's got this board gamey feel to it. Um, but I mean, you're moving your group of people across the board. You're interacting with other groups. The problem is, I'm not quite sure what any of the commands do. The the font on the Jap- on the Japanese text was real kind of weird, and I had trouble reading it to begin with. So. And um, any time that a battle happened, I could not tell which side was mine. Wow. I mean, that's how, that's how the graphics were. I wow. could not tell who my own characters were. Ah, uh, so, yeah.
1: Sounds lovely.
2: Yep. And that oh, a w- and that came out a week before Ark the Lad.
1: So, you know, at, at least you could play yeah. a decent RPG at that point—not an amazing one, but decent.
2: That may have been the first halfway decent one. Um, oh, Kingsfield Two.
1: Yeah, that game came out like seven months after the first
2: one. <laughs> Yep. Oh, um, uh, well, let's see. Kingsfield one was uh,
1: December like fourteenth of ninety eight.
2: Ninety. yeah, ninety four. And Kingsfield two was July twenty first. Yeah, that's about yeah. seven months.
1: Yeah. They just like immediately went directly to cranking out another one.
2: Yeah.
1: But... Um,
2: Sazan eyes. That, I'm not sure if that was an RPG or not. Um. Possibly was um, no, 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 no. Arxy uh, That's a point-and-click adventure game.
1: Yeah, that is a part of a Western point-and-click adventure game with HR Gerard. art
2: Yeah, oh there we go um, next the next RPG definite after Kingsfield 2 beyond the beyond October 27th uh, October yes.
1: Fucking trash <laughs> Yeah uh, I can say that I played it for some reason, some five years ago. Don't play it. Um, I know
2: at least one person on Reddit who would fight you for that.
1: I know, but they're a ridiculous person. Um, yeah, also, thanks, hello to.
2: Not gamer anymore.
1: Yep. Oh, okay. Also, hello to both Pew and Tam in the chat.
2: Hello. Let's see. Okay. Let's see what else we got in here. Carnage Heart.
1: Uh.
2: So That's a very it a
1: name.
2: Strategy, it was a turn-based strategy game with mecha. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, let's see, going down the list. Um, haha. Cho. Cho. Aniki. Uh, no. Nah. So. Um. But we're reaching oh. the end. Of the, we're reaching the end of 1995. Yeah. December 29th. So this is like the first full year, there's maybe half a dozen RPGs, and only two of them are worth mentioning.
1: Yeah. Oh man, trying to chart was Art. Think, I think it made a lot of strange games. Yeah. Trying chart E.G. That game was
2: January twenty sixth, ninety six for our uh, for PlayStation. Is
1: that F.
2: Um, Yoji, Super Robot Taisen S.
1: Oh, it's an upgrade of the fourth. Yeah. Yeah, they did, like, some strange things going on with that. Because, uh, like, they did four Super Robot Wars on, like, Super Nintendo, and then they did uh, S, and then there's uh, F, which is uh, another Saturn and PlayStation version of 4, and F-Final, which is a sequel to that PlayStation and Saturn version. It's It's an extremely, like, that honestly kind of has to be uh, has to be one of the strangest things imaginable. Just because it's like the uh, fourth Super Robot Wars S uh, for PS One is released, then a year later, a different version, a remake of Super Robot Wars Four is released for the PlayStation. <laughs> Very strange. Uh, I can't remember when Shin Super Robot Wars happened. That might be... That can't have been all the way in 98. That is a very bad Super Robot Wars game. Uh... I'm out. Can't hide from me. I will find you. Okay. Here's a list. Here's a list. to could have everything. Also Uh Okay, Shin Super Robot Wars. Uh sometime in 96, so probably shortly after. That's a really bad Super Robot Wars game.
2: I mean, the first half dozen or so were not the best, no matter what.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And here I am going to, for emphasis, point out, by those standards, that's a really bad Super Robot Wars game. Oh, that is
2: damning with very faint praise. Okay.
1: Yeah, uh, it's a harsh condemnation, I'll put it that way. Uh, I'd say Super Hero Outboards games don't become, like, reasonably worth playing until somewhere around either 64 or Alpha, depending upon how charitable you're being. Uh, yeah, um... This is our page on t uh let's see, uh...
2: Yeah, I'm still just going down this list and seeing if there's anything
1: worth mentioning (laughs) by the
2: end of 96.
1: It's a slow first few years. Like The floodgates feel like they start opening in 97.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've already hit uh, Kingsfield 3.
1: Yeah, they would be done with making... Yeah, they would be done with making Kingsfield for, until the PS2 at that point. They would make games that are basically Kingsfield, but with a different structure, like uh, Shadow Tower, but uh, they would be done with proper Kingsfield games on the PS1 after Kingsfield 3 in 96.
2: Yeah, and other than that, found found uh, Fang of Alnum, didn't find Wing of Alnum, which is weird. Maybe it was later than I thought. Maybe it just uh, seemed you know, like Ar- it should have been the first year. <laughs> yeah. and There's Ark the Lad 2, and November 1st, 96.
1: A uh, much longer game than the first one.
2: Yeah. And uh, a game called Heroin Dream, which I do not know if that was an RPG or not, but it sounds like it should be. There's no. feels like it should have been. Yeah. And also, feels like it's very lucky that it kept the, the E at the end of Heroin. Um, yeah. would have been a bad title otherwise. Okay. Um, let's see. Kaiju Senki... It... Eternal? No, I know Eternal Melody was not an RPG. Um... Oh, there we go. Blue Forest Story, December six ninety six. I played that one. It was also by that was by the same guys who did Wing of Alum, and I mean, it was a little better, a little better. But for some <laughs> the reason, it had a. Uh, I mean, it had two protagonists that you could choose between from the start. Mm-hmm. Did not mention that the female protagonist was a B side story whose. St- whose part could be completed in eight hours.
1: Oops. Maybe you should have made that clear game.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's the exact same story. It ends on the same final boss. It's just her side of the events, and it just skips a lot, because most of the events in the game... She's not involved in certain parts. (laughs) Yeah. So, it does include the bathing scene. Of course. With the... uh, Technically, I mean, it was... She was in water up to her waist, so it was not full frontal nudity on her part. But
1: this sounds like a game made by Japanese PC developers.
2: <laughs> yes, it's like yeah, it was. Um, I think actually on the review, um, I had one of the screenshots, and it was like the um, the comment under it was, "She is um, she is one second short of turning to flash the camera." Seriously,
1: <laughs> just imagining that, but it's uh, it just has. Uh, I mean, fucking...
2: also keeping in mind that these characters are in, like, what would pass as late Super Famicom Sprite.
1: Uh, oh, of course. course, but I'm just remembering the, like, the bathing scene that they put in Lunar 2, where, like, right as it's about to become impossible for them to obscure things anymore, like, your flying cat just comes in and starts scratching your face so you can't see anything. <laughs> yeah. Put that in every game, that gets too horny. Uh,
2: I'm pretty sure that um, Lord of Magna did something like that. <laughs> Okay. Um, let's see. First Queen 4. I know that one. I don't know how it would have three others that aren't on this list. I'm guessing it's another AC Engine series. Um, let's see. I know that's another fighting game.
1: I'm going uh, while to... You, while you go down these, I'm going
2: to... Oh, there we go. The Bastard RPG.
1: Oh, of course. I played that this one, very too, time it was, thing. Uh,
2: very similar to those first-person perspective D&D games for the PC. Oh, boy. Yeah. I did not get far in that one. Um, but, okay, so... And that one was... the last game released in 1996, December 28th. So... Uh, <laughs>
1: Not a whole lot of note in the first couple of years of PlayStation. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> no, but one month later, January 31st, ninety-seven. guess what got released?
1: Final Fantasy VII. Bing bong. And suddenly, everything becomes a lot more relevant. Floodgate's open. Yep. Especially for RPGs.
2: <laughs> but yeah, yeah. so, uh, to get back to the actual question, apparently... Yeah, the entire first two years of the PlayStation, everyone just ignores.
1: Yeah. Unless you're like me and you want to talk about toe ball number one. But, no. Yeah, I uh, mean, no.
2: Okay, never mind. The first two years, anything that's worth talking about in the first two years is almost lim- limited almost exclusively to cult favorites discussed I on live? obscure podcasts by people who just have too much time on their hands.
1: I can't believe you'd burn me like this. Uh,
2: hey, I mean, I'm burning myself here. Very true. have got scorched fingers
1: right uh, Yeah. Uh well Wales's obsession is becoming terminal. Um
2: <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then okay, so the, the very next RPG on the system after um after Final Fantasy 7 Yeah. Released about released about a month later, February twenty seventh. Dragon yeah. Knight four. That's rough. <laughs> Do you know this game?
1: I am aware of this game.
2: Okay, good. So, uh, this one actually has a Wikipedia page, I'm surprised.
1: It had some uh, notoriety in the US.
2: this description and how did this actually get put on the PlayStation. Um, Let's see, Dragon Knight 4 is an erotic role-playing video game developed by Elf Corporation and released only in Japan. No, duh. Okay. The game first became available in '94 for PC MS-DOS, PC 9801, and X68000. Yeah. With a censored yeah. version ported to the Super Famicom.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. And this is a PlayStation port of the Super Famicom version.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if some of the censorship was removed in the PCFX version, but that would be the only version I could expect. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh okay. Elf Corporation does a lot of games like that, so.
2: So um, and sadly, this actually counts as the second good RPG for the system.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh! Hey, come on, arc the Lab is Okay.
2: Okay. Sure. Uh huh. Okay, it counts as the third good RPG for the system.
1: Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's. It was not an immediate success. But it mildly.
2: Yeah. See going down. Uh, oh, and then March
1: twentieth, ninety seven. I guess. Uh, what would that be? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Symphony.
2: Symphony That's of the so- Night.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like, a lot of the, like, companies, a lot of the franchises' companies were, like, skittish about putting on the PlayStation start showing up around then and suddenly everything, yeah. nothing else matters. <laughs> yep,
2: and then got fi- the Final Fantasy IV port followed right after it. Like, yep. literally one day after it. Well, people are
1: playing. It would t- it would then take, uh, like, four years for that to show up in the U.S.
2: Final Fantasy
1: IV? Yeah. The the PS1 port? Yeah, four years.
2: Did it get bundled with something else because. Yeah, with Chrono Trigger. (laughs) Okay. It's.
1: Yeah. There's Final Fantasy Chronicles, uh, was FF4 and Chrono Trigger in the US.
2: Okay. So, yeah, they were sold separately in Japan. Okay, we got Lundra. Aw, that
1: game's so good.
2: Yeah. And, uh, let's keep going down. Um. Beta 2. in sure Paradise, that does not
1: sound good. Um, that sounds horny. Um,
2: yes, yeah, so unfortunately it does not actually have any information here.
1: i will um, never know.
2: Let's see... Legacy oh, well, are of are going?
1: Pain? A Blood Omen Legacy of Cain, or...? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a... Uh, an interesting one. Uh, while you're going down these, I'm gonna pull up another question. Um,
2: yeah, go ahead. Oh, and I'll I'll just start here. Stop here. Final Fantasy Tactics, June 20th, 97.
1: Yeah, like you can tell that in 97 things are just like finally gearing up.
2: And I think I'll I will just quit the list now.
1: Because at this I point it becomes less interesting because it is everything you remember. <laughs> yes. Uh realistically how much talked about okay.
2: final fantasy 7 galvanizing the genre in the industry it really did for playstation
1: yeah suddenly the playstation became the jrpg place because oh holy crap people will buy a lot of a jrpg on playstation if you mm-hmm. can it. yes but, uh, realistically how many people watch netflix hulu etc on consoles in general a friend of mine and his parents loved the wii u to death even though they do not play games on it because they can watch anything on the Wii. Uh, probably less than did about 10 years ago, if we're being honest, uh, because I, I've nowadays before, I've probably gone to the TV. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I've mentioned it before, but I definitely remember a TV commercial from, I guess, about 12 years ago now where mm-hmm. they were hard-selling the Wii for senior citizens as an access to Internet.
1: Yeah, I mean... Oh, yeah, like, it was a very intuitive, like, TV Internet device, so... Yeah, I mean, before... that,
2: and the market saturation for Wii was that insane at that point in time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The only the only reasonable market they had to turn to was the senior citizen market. <laughs>
1: yeah. So,
2: I mean, this, this commercial was not selling it as a games device.
1: <laughs> oh no, at all. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I mean, if you think Morrison. if you if you think about it, like before smart TVs, I mean, they'd want to get it on literally like anything connected to a TV to get people to get those subscriptions. Yep. Because yeah, you know, like people want to watch on the you TV, can put it on TV, a computer. Yeah. So I mean, they yeah, were really
1: pushing that hard.
2: I would like I mean, it almost to like the PlayStation 2 selling more as a DVD player than as a game machine at first. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean the I, I would say the. Netflix's like instant stream. Like at the time it was like called Netflix Watch Instant or whatever, but it was basically uh, like now it's just what Netflix is. But uh, at the time it was a spinoff of their DVD uh, mailing service. And I would argue that the like its killer app was that you could put it on that they put an app on the 360. That made it so that you could just watch Netflix on your Xbox 360 from their library of titles and it's like oh I can just watch things on TV with the console I have hooked up my TV uh, and suddenly like that entire value proposition makes sense
2: yeah. I remember I remember my students loving to watch YouTube on the 3ds back when that was still possible mm-hmm
1: Amusingly I think that might be I think that might be the only uh streaming app available on the Switch, at least in the US. But like these uh, these have slowly become like they they're still there, certainly. Uh you can on your PS4 or whatever you can watch Netflix and Hulu and all that, but uh they have slowly become less emphasized uh as uh Like, because, you know, your TV probably does it, or you might have, like, a box that hooks up to your TV that only does this that's way cheaper than a console. Yeah. So this is less of a value proposition. Or, like, you might even just uh, watch uh, these streaming services on, like, an iPad or something, like some sort of tablet. Like, all of these are, like, the convenience argument for the console is lesser. Like, it's more, if you already have the console, this is a place they can advertise to you but they are less prevalent. They are less a core part of the marketing as much as like a value add proposition. Now uh, we can always harken back to some of the wild, wild ways that Netflix uh, attempted to disseminate their uh, streaming service in those early days. Like they had an exclusivity with Microsoft, so they couldn't offer downloads for the uh, PS3 and Wii for a year or so. So instead uh, you could request a disc from Netflix. It would just let you stream things, uh, or uh, that—that's actually uh, after like for a number of years. Uh, that's actually how my parents would watch uh, Netflix. Was the like the we got to live in the live in the living room because that was where they were going to watch Netflix through. <laughs> but uh, or. Gonna I was going to include on something. But... Oh, yeah. Uh, and then you get into play. But, yeah, they, they couldn't have a uh, native app, but they they would send you a disc for free if you asked for it because they want you to have that disc so that Netflix is a more valuable proposition to keep indefinitely. Uh, but uh, that doesn't even approach the wildness of... I It was in... I want to say like Brazil or something that you could request that you could get like a PS2 Netflix streaming disc. <laughs>
0: wow. Uh, it
1: was it was a very strange, very specific uh, object for like places where it's like, well, these more expensive consoles are still not popular here. Uh... But yeah, there was a PS2 Netflix streaming disc in Brazil uh, that uh, functioned through 2012-ish. Very strange, very strange, but um, yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you the numbers, but you can tell that the numbers are get into sharp decline when a company decides that they don't want to keep updating the apps. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's hit one of these quick ones. Which RPG has the worst inventory management interface? I
2: can think uh, of a couple from uh, back in the, of the day. old republic.
1: Uh, yeah, probably like. I was just going to, like, make a mocking blanket statement of anything ported from a PC to console. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I don't um, think those interfaces were great on PC, but, like, they get exponentially worse when you have to use a controller to deal with them. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to say, Gajun?
2: Oh, it was like, um... Oh, I was just remembering some games that had issues with inventory management. Not necessarily that it was broken, but there were just some... Things like um the game this one game that was an American American uh, game ported to Japan, Game Boy Advance, where the entire inventory was still sorted alphabetically in English.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, you've talked about that one, it sounds hellish.
2: All translated into Japanese, but yeah. still
1: alphabetized. Using that sorting
2: Yeah. I still have uh, I'm still thankful that all of the healing items started with a B. A <laughs> um, different Game Boy Advance game that had a grand total of six items, item slots for inventory. Mm. Not six item types, six items total.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, there Tam like offers a
2: dozen possible items, and in order to get through one of any of the later levels, you just needed to ignore every other item in the game and just stock six healing items. Makes sense. And still not survive because the battles required lots of healing afterwards. So you got to know all the character all the little monsters that had self healing abilities quite well.
1: <laughs> Tam offers up Legend of Dragoon. That game's inventory is trash. Uh well that game is also trash in general. That's true. Uh the the closest thing to be the nicest thing to be said about that uh inventory system is that they at least knew uh or not at least knew, but they at least only let you hold like thirty two items. Uh, none of them stack. So holding on to things is impossible. Um, except for equipment. You can hold as much equipment as you want for some reason. It's only items you're allowed to hold more than 32 of. I don't know why. Uh,
2: oh, Yeah, the uh, nonsensical limit on numbers.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: or um different PlayStation game. Pal Shinken Densetsu. Where There was technically infinite inventory, but you could only hold nine of any given item
1: Always weird uh...
2: Yes, and especially weird since one of your characters his main ability was to cook food for healing items and mm-hmm. When the majority of healing items all required rice And you could only hold nine rice
1: That's a problem Yes. I was thinking we could get through question like thirty-one-ish. Okay. Uh, This next one is one that uh, I know you have an answer for, Gaijin Immediately, Uh, yes. Was there any turn-based combat system that was too fast for its own good?
2: (laughs) Uh, Final Fantasy X. Two.
1: I disagree, but I understand.
2: Yeah, I could see that. fast in Japanese (laughs) and seriously how do you find the carrots for the Chocobos fast enough
1: (laughs) Uh, a lot of work and memorization Uh,
2: yeah I mean just the fact that it doesn't pause when you're looking through your item inventory
1: yeah that's pretty rude yes Uh,
2: so yes that definitely counts as too fast for its own good if it even uh, if even on the strategic mode it doesn't hold the hold action the way it's yeah. supposed to I mean like Final Fantasy 6 it, it's stated specifically you got the fast mode you got the strategy mode and like the strategy mode does, um, time does not advance when you're in a menu but no no for some reason Final Fantasy 10 2 strategy mode it still advances when you're in a menu it's annoying
1: yeah meanwhile for me i i uh i don't think i've ever come up come to a turn-based combat system that's too fast but i also play a lot of action games that i want to be fast as hell so for me uh maybe a weird case like it was of course always very taste-based yeah we kind of like you kind of need to be able to compensate for that when you're playing turn when you're making turn-based games because like people who uh people playing turn-based games often appreciate uh, something that they can uh, take more time to think about. Uh, And, like, I think that something like FF7 Remake kind of sets the gold standard by... They made made an action RPG, but they even made a mode that allows you to play it more like a turn-based Final Fantasy game. And, like... It, it feels like that that should be something that you're at least shooting for. <laughs> uh, what I'm seeing on screen is ridiculous. Um...
0: What? It's just Did four you... Spider-Mans fighting Doc Ock.
1: That seems unsporting. Uh... See.
0: Well, actually, does Venom count as a Spider-Man?
1: Uh, he's a spider-related man. Okay. Maximum spider. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll hit another one that uh, I don't know how well we can answer, but... Uh, oh wait, hold does... on, man. I had
0: a, another turn-based one answer.
1: That's too fast? What's yes, that? Yes,
0: kind of a weird one, but um, Final Fantasy XIII. Not... I mean,
1: they built the game around it being impossible for you to... Right. Input commands.
0: And that's that's kind of the point. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with the battle system. I quite love it, actually. I just think that making it like that made them try and overcompensate in like the tutorial, the the approach to teaching the battle system to the player. And I think that yeah. had a lot to do Several with the pacing issues in thirteen. Right.
2: I remember commenting way back in the day that the most important button in that entire game was L one.
1: <laughs> true story or whatever it was you the, the, it
2: the thing that changed your paradigms
1: yeah
2: uh, like you could play the entire you could go through every battle without doing any inputs except L1
0: yeah but that's a, That's all I had to say on that one I think it, it's a very good battle system but too fast f- for for its own good, in terms of actually teaching the player how to use it.
1: Hmm. us uh, so this is one I don't know how much that we can answer, but just looking at who actually made some of these, who actually published some of these, we can probably make some educated guesses. Uh, do we have any idea who holds Quintet's IP at this moment? I don't know that Quintet owned essentially anything they ever made. So, uh, so they were like. they
2: published through Enix. So, if anyone. Yeah, Enix definitely.
1: Enix definitely owns a fair portion of their stuff because they have very occasionally, like with Act Razor, re released uh, those games with seemingly no legal fuss. Enix uh, was also a publisher, not a developer, so, and had a lot of clout. So, they were very much the kind of company that could afford to just keep the IP as part of their bargaining chip. So I would imagine all of the Tenchi Sozo games uh, and Robo Trek are all uh, NX-owned. Sony-published Grandstream Saga, almost assuredly they own it. No one wants that. Uh, uh, I don't particularly want it, but yeah.
2: Um, I mean, it is the, last, the fifth game in the quintet, so...
1: Kind of, yeah. Uh, but it's just not very good. Uh the real question would be uh, who owns Solo Crisis and Code R, which were both technically self-published, but were also uh, part of something called GDNet, which was some sort of like alliance of tech Saturn developers. Uh, I have no idea who would own those. Uh, I'm, I would imagine someone would have picked them up whenever... Uh, Quintet officially went kaput, but I don't know when that was. It's actually very ambiguous when they finally died. Uh-huh. Uh They're credited seemingly with like contract development on a number of things that they absolutely would never have owned. So, yeah, including uh, the last
2: game of theirs I played. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like, the answer would be almost for any game you cared to name. Uh, that you've actually played, it's almost assuredly either Square Enix or Sony that owns it.
2: And most likely Square Enix. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the ones by Sony you probably don't care about.
1: Yeah. Unless you're the world's only brightest fan.
2: Yeah. Uh, so. uh, of course, going into the question after that, was splitting from Enix really the cause of Quintet's bankruptcy? It didn't help.
1: It didn't help, but I think that they also just were not a company suited to three D game development.
2: Definitely, uh, because um, I mean, I, I remember starting up uh, Magical Hoshin, and I, I did not, I, I did not even, it did not even occur to me who the developer was. I hadn't checked that, and then I was just playing. I was like, this feels like a quintet game, <laughs> just from the just from the sprite work. Yeah. I looked up, and was like, oh, it is a Quintet game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they should not have... I mean, I understand that everyone was trying to push towards 3D with PlayStation. They should not have gone with that trend, because time has shown that of the earlier PlayStation games, the sprite-based ones still look much better than the 3D ones.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure that, like, on some level, they would have rather not... Uh, made that transition, but I mean, they had to go where the money was, but yeah, I mean, like, they they were not a company that adapted well to 3D and I think that was probably the bigger issue. Uh, I
2: kind of wish that they had switched over to the Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance instead of going towards PlayStation.
1: That honestly probably would have served them better.
2: It would have served them so much better. They were much better adapted for um, word sprite work.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, you look at the grand stream saga, and it's like, oh, this is brutally unappealing. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah. uh... Oh, God. If Brightest actually is their work, it doesn't look much better when it's like three years later. What the fuck? Uh... Oh, this is brutal. Uh... But, yeah, like... Uh... Yeah, uh, that was also after they would like... Like, they were sometimes known as Shade, but Shade was the Grandstream Socket, the name they made the Grandstream Socket under. And yeah, that's definitely them. Uh, so, yeah, it seems Brightest was made by them under their Shade moniker. Holy God, this is ugly. Um, it's a 1999 PS1 game. They should not have tried this. Uh, but, yeah, like, it's... It's... it's, it's they, they were not a 3D developer. They did not know how to make 3D work uh, in a way that was not extraordinarily off-putting from both an artistic and a gameplay perspective. Uh, like that, that is what killed them. Uh, they, you can kind of tell that they were having uh, second thoughts about it, I think, by virtue of the fact that they were treated to the Saturn bastion of 2D games. Which, I'm gonna go look at Solo Crisis, and I'm really- Oh god, no, that's 3D as well. Why the fuck did they do that? I assumed that they would be free. They would be free to make a 2D game. But no, they were like, no, 3D, 3D, 3D! Okay, the the characters are sprites. The backgrounds are 3D. So, it's slightly less horrifying looking. It's off-putting looking, but it's not like, you should never have done this. Um yeah, it's it's just one of those things they more more than anything, they were not a company. That, they were a company that was like precision engineered to be incredible at making like super Fanmicom games and was not capable of uh, really moving with the times to be good at making the kinds of games that were popular in the late 90s, early aughts and they didn't survive long enough for the kinds of games they were good at making to come back into vogue. Uh, let's see. And I'll do this one. This one's not even an RPG unless he's talking about a game I'm not, uh, a game I'm not aware of, but it sounds like he's talking about Sleeping Dogs. Square Enix is uh, the Square Enix-published uh, Grand Theft Auto-esque game uh, that is deeply steeped in the Hong Kong action heroic bloodshed tradition. Uh... What do you think about Sleeping Dogs? I always uh, It's a sleeping dog, but I assume that's a typo. Sleeping Dogs. I always wonder when people will make the next Hong Kong action flick inspired game. Sleeping Dogs is great, actually. A uh, huge, huge uh, incredible gem of the late 360 era. Uh, legitimately uh, way better than most of its uh, contemporaries. Holds up real well. Great game. Yeah, I really
0: really need to get to that. Um, I knew someone that worked at uh, Square Enix in the UK at the time who sent me a free copy, and I never got around to playing
1: it. Oh, that's a shame. It's one of those games I always wish that they would just dump on Switch at some point, because it's it's a wonderful game uh, that I would love to have portably. It's it's got a great uh, Hong Kong action flick story. It's got... uh, like really shockingly good uh, shooting and uh, combat mechanics. It was one of those games right after the Batman Arkham games came out that uh, lifted that like combat style, but did a really good job of it. Nice. Uh, the general like car chase sequences worked a lot better just because like they had like a. I seem to recall they had like a button that just caused you to sort of like explicitly attempt to ram something, so it was much easier to actually do do damage to cars you were chasing down. Uh, there's a lot of good side content. Uh, it has one of my favorite uh, implementations of a karaoke minigame I've ever seen. Uh, because in that game, the way that it worked was uh, you uh, you would you uh, would like you were causing following a bar like you had a bar that you would move up and down to like shift pitch to match the song but you could uh if you pitched wrong the game applied all sorts of like, like this horrible pitch effect on you in addition to like just his voice actors singing more poorly so it sounds so like such trash it's incredible and they use this uh, because, like, there's a side quest you can do where, like, a you run up to a guy and he, like, asks you, hey, uh, I'm trying to convince my girlfriend that most guys just can't sing. Uh, can you, really? like, sing karaoke uh, badly uh, <laughs> in order to convince her that it's not just me, that most guys just can't sing? And uh, so you have the option of you can... Cooperate with him by deliberately like screwing up the pitch and warbling horribly the entire time, or you can uh, decide to like uh, show him up by just actually singing properly and getting her pissed off at him. <laughs> but yeah, Sleeping Dogs is great, uh, absolutely wonderful little game, uh, and really like just uses the fact that like oh it's set in Hong Kong, like it doesn't. It has an entirely different atmosphere from like the uh, GTA knockoffs that were, and to an extent still are kind of in vogue at that time, which is just like, oh, you, you really see like it, the architecture design and like feel of the city is completely different. And it's just like, yeah, this is a great little game. And I'm very sad that they, they proposed a sequel. There's. Uh, aspects of its design document floating around the internet, it sounded really interesting and ambitious. It never happened. Uh, Their idea for a sequel was going to be that you were going to be... It was somewhere in China, I want to say. Like, mainland China. Uh, Where was this? But it was, like... It was going to be this, like, co-op game uh, that had, like, different... Uh, okay, yeah, I found... Uh, it was going to be a co-op game that had, like, two different protagonists, the original game's protagonists, as well as a new one. Uh, okay, yeah, you were going... The game was going to be set in China's Pearl River Mega City. Uh, so it was, it was, they were not unambitious about where, like, the... Uh, Setting it was going to be something that like no other like open world game that you can find in English was ever going to take place in, so it's going to have a very unique feel. But like the other thing that they planned to do was that like uh, this weird uh, branching story uh, that would happen based on like how well you were resolving like the cases that the game is built around. Uh, And they also had this, like, crazy ambitious idea. I'm convinced that one or more of these ambitious ideas would have been cut, but, like, one of the things in the design document was that uh, the game would have... uh, Essentially, like, the the gimmick for those who don't know Sleeping Dogs is that you're an undercover cop, so, like, you can do things that are supposed to decrease crime in addition to committing crime. Uh, But basically... Uh, the game was going to try to, like, lift data about the n- amount of crime being solved by each individual player in individual aspects of, of the city and use that as, like, a global thing, sort of like how, like, Demon Souls world tendency works, but more complicated. Uh, like, certain areas that were continuously neglected by the player base would become more dangerous and more crime-ridden. Yeah,
2: that sounds really, really ambitious.
1: Yeah, but the developers had all sorts of, like, impressive ideas. Uh, if they had been allowed to make a Sleeping Dogs 2, like Sleeping Dogs 1, still really good. Uh, a, really, a fairly ambitious game in its own right. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we'll never get that the developer died ago uh, I'd like to see more like Hong Kong action flick inspired games but like the heyday of those is long past so you'd have to find someone who is both deeply nostalgic for uh, some combination of kung fu flicks and heroic bloodshed and who has decision making power at a major publisher And I don't think we're getting that for quite a while
2: Um, I do know send a letter to what's his face who created the Yakuza series and ask him if he likes Hong Kong uh, action movies
1: uh, Toshihiro Nagoshi? Yeah, I feel like yeah. uh, he'd probably be your best bet. And he
2: because, also I mean, does seem like the sort of person who does I, watch like, I know that you're not describing, like, Yakuza or Judgment Eyes, but at the same time, um, I could almost see the similarities, even though I know they cannot be anywhere the same.
1: Yeah. Uh... There's a, there's a lot more of Grand Theft Auto DNA in Sleeping Dogs, which is, which makes sense. It's from a Western developer. But yeah, I can see where you got that. But yeah, uh, that would be my immediate uh, response. Uh, Sleeping Dogs is really good. Uh, people should play it. I wish that it had had a sequel. Uh, but yeah, I think my voice is going to give out if we keep going. I'm just about <laughs> okay. done, uh, and say, that we're, means it's we're time. To for, to
2: 31, and uh,
1: I think it's time for you to give a plug.
2: Oh yeah, oops, I forgot. Yeah, okay. Uh, <clears throat> Let's see. So, do you enjoy tabletop gaming? Do you enjoy reading about it? Do you enjoy experiencing secondhand crazy stories from people who have too much free time rolling dice? Uh, well, then we have a bu- series of books for you on Kindle, Kindle Unlimited, called P- Princesses of the Pizza Parlor by Michael Yarimizu. That's Y-A-R-I-M-I-Z-U. Um, it's much easier to Google than Baker. Let me tell you that. Um, and it's, uh, let see, it's a nine episode, of, or nine novella episodes, two side stories in um, included in three Uh, paperback collections plus a very new as of this just this month uh, fourth paperback book that is significantly longer um if you are just interested please check it out leave some good words i need all the good words i can get to be honest and also the page
1: view as well yeah if you're doing the kindle unlimited word.
2: So please, please, I mean, seriously, for six months I thought I had somehow accidentally turned off Kindle Unlimited or something. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't even getting looks. I, I used to get like, Oof. okay, somebody checks it out for a page or two and then drops it. I like, okay, I'm fine with that, but I'm getting zero like flat line for six months. Yeah. And then suddenly last week, hey, somebody reads 1,000 pages. I'm like, cool.
1: Impressive work. Hopefully yes. they'll come back.
2: Like, so, obviously yeah. they, they like something because there were like, eight separate cutout points in there. <laughs> so, uh... Um, awesome.
1: Uh, apparently someone just followed the interview. No, Sam Males.
0: Also, we missed Sakura underscore followed. Oh, two I'm hours ago. So.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: cool. Thank you for following uh, Yeah,
1: me. sorry to interrupt the plug.
0: No, no
2: worries. I think it had run its course.
1: Gotcha. Uh... This Sunday, we also will probably play a Neptunia game. Yes. Right, right? Yes. Okay. Well, there's no escaping that. Death, Taxes, and Neptunia games. (laughs) Uh, And otherwise, uh, you can ask us questions. Thank you to Shaman and Fireminer for this week's questions. Uh, For anyone interested in asking questions like those uh, lovely people, you can ask them in the Discord, or you can ask them in the comments section under this very podcast on the RPGamer site. Or you can ask, uh, I don't know, you can jump in the chat, the stream chat, and ask. Uh, we'll probably be a day later than usual next week, uh, just for Tam's benefit. Uh, but, yeah, um, uh, I, I make that announcement for Tam's benefit, so. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh otherwise, you know, uh join the RP Gamer Discord, uh, ask questions in the podcast section, or just enjoy the Discord. It's a nice place with a lot of nice people in it. Mm-hmm. Uh otherwise think that, that about wraps it. No
0: so I will not cut it loose, not sure that I can do this with